New era, baby. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to After Live, the unofficial, official to me, uh, Collider Live podcast. Oh, man, it's going to be a show tonight. It's show number 40. We're covering the week of November 18th to the 22nd, which is today. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm your host, Sarah. With me, as always, thank God, <laughs> is uh, my one co-host, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. For, I'm, I'm solely here for the 40th. We, we reached 40 episodes, people. This is a great achievement for us. Yes, we did it. We didn't get canceled yet. We made it to 40. <laughs> um, also with me, of course, is my other co-host, Sean. Detective Pikachu is vastly overrated, and people need to start accepting that. Anyways, how's it going, guys? Wow. Um, wow, we're off to a great start. We're off to a great start. Um, and this will be my last show on after. <laughs> I'm going to get fired week, after this. Every week I keep trying to fire Sean, and he keeps coming back, so I don't know what's happening. Like I even made a joke about that on yeah. Into the Grid this week. Did you? Yeah, I, when we were signing yeah. off, we were talking about Afterlife, and I was like, we still haven't been fired. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we did it on our show. That was pretty I, funny. I bring it up with Josh every week. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so we have a interview um, that Trisha Hirschberger is going to be joining us later on in the show. So we're going to do things a little different this time. We're going to talk about uh, Collider Live at the front of the show, take a break, and then we'll have our guests join us. Um, yep. So this week, we had tons of co-hosts on uh, Collider yep. Live. Like every day, which is great. This is great. It's also a great week. Yeah, it, this was a really good week. Like it was fun. They were funny. There was a lot of just random crap that was just going on. Yep. <laughs> like, it was very fun. We had um Ben Meckler. Is that his name? He was awesome. He is the best. I love Ben Meckler. He fit in so well. He was perfect. Him and Roxy, like, they're just bouncing off each other, yeah. and him talking about Jeff Snyder and calling Jeff, yeah. like, the couch. Oh, it was so good. Him and Riley also were bouncing yeah. off each other. Because, you know, Riley plays along with the bit, and, uh, yeah. you know, Meckler is a walking bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, <laughs> so he was that was fun. awesome. Him talking about, like, Frozen and, like, saying all the wrong things. Like, uh, it was Yeah, like, I know. It was so hilarious. Like, are you serious right now? She like kept asking him, like, are you serious yeah. right now? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to say, you know, I saw Frozen 2 last night. He wasn't lying about the cannibalism. A lot more <laughs> cannibalism than you'd expect. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so we, I guess we all wish that he will come back, hopefully. Uh, he was great. Uh, we so. also had yeah. Clark Wolf was on there. Yeah. Yep, Clark also Wolf, had, yep. Yeah. She also had a great chemistry with everyone. Um, everyone this week really did. We also had yeah. Mike Kellenowski. We had him on there. Um, him, that was Thad, great. And John all came you... on the same episode for like, Thad was in there for a little bit, but I always. Yeah. For a bit. Thad. Um, him and John and Mike. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh God, that too. Those God. two, my they, God. They get along so much better than you'd expect. Yes, yeah. who they play in the showdown, you know. God, I love their chemistry. Yeah, them talking about um Mike's ass. And, like, all the, oh, <laughs> yes, that's so good. I was like, what is happening? It was so. And oh. John's just so matter of fact, like, yeah, it's a 
it was so good um also mike was picking on roxy and it was so yeah i know they're like big brother little sister basically Or like he was like your segues are terrible right now. Yeah, they really (laughs) are. So bad. Oh, and Mark Ellis was also on the show for a little bit talking about his special. Has anyone checked out his um special yet? No. (laughs) It's on my it's on my list. It's on my list. it's on my watch list. I, to be honest, that's it's just in there waiting yeah, to be watched. Yeah. I don't watch a lot of stand up, but I definitely want to watch it. I want to try and watch it with my husband. I kind of said something to him tonight, and he's like, "Oh, okay." But I was oh, like, okay. All right, well, we Make will sure you laugh. It. Make sure <laughs> you have to laugh. You have um, to laugh too. We also had uh, Nathan Hamill and Jeff Snyder on on the Thursday show. Yep. Yeah. Also, great. Jeff is really funny. Like them just making fun of him for like Star Wars is great. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, then um, go ahead. Sorry, I was just saying Nathan is always a bunch of fun when he comes. Yeah, on. yeah, that's it. We love Nathan too. We stand give Nathan. Nathan. Yeah, give Nathan more love. No, yeah, yeah Nathan's really funny. More Nathan love. Um, and then today we had Matt Nost and John Roca. And Matt Nost is hilarious yes yeah that's All why i listen to the so top funny. 10 that's oh, yeah, why i listen I to the it. top 10 because this matt knows is just amazing and he's such a oh when dorito okay. was like are you guys friends like do you guys hang outside of this and he's like no no <laughs> i was like wow even i knew that i was just like nope they have the chemistry on the podcast and that's it yeah it's crazy it's crazy i hope matt also comes back more oh I don't know. Everyone yeah. this week just fit in so well. I know. Just like last week, it was so good. It was just like yeah. this is top tier quality co-hosting stuff. Yes. Bring all these people back, please. And I also want to say um, Cody was on point this week with his sassiness. Of course. Of course. Fantastic. Um, Cody will always be my favorite <laughs> person, I think. Um, anyway, uh, and then we had some other like actual guests on the show. Uh, Todd Lieberman, yep. I believe, yes, a yep. producer. Yes, that was a great uh, interview. That was, that was a great interview. I re- I really want to see the aeronauts now. Yeah, I'm intrigued. He's he sold me. Yeah, yeah, that was a very good interview. And then we also had Tara Wood, uh, and she did the documentary about Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, um, I thought that was a really good interview too. Like I, I was, was very oh, intrigued yeah. the whole time. Like, Definitely, for sure. Massive Tarantino fans will love that interview for sure, and check that documentary out. Even if you're not, because I haven't really seen a lot of his films. I know that's like <gasps> whatever. Um, but I was very intrigued to like watch the, um, oh gosh, the documentary just because of Quentin Tarantino right. himself, because he mm-hmm. is like a. A per- he's such a person. <laughs> he's a oh yeah, um, very much so. So, also today, just you know, with Quentin Tarantino today, um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out on digital. So you know, guys, uh, check it out because it is an awesome movie. It's in my top five of the year. Just kidding. It's not in my top five of the year. It got pushed back, but it's still in the top ten. Wow. So I okay. Oh gosh. Anyway, I've been updating it since the year started, so it's easier to you know get on top of it then and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. keep track. But yeah, go check that out. It's awesome. Um, you know what movie will be in my top ten? That's not true. <laughs> um, 
we're jumping into it. You both were very against me putting it on here, but guys, the second Cats trailer dropped. I watched this before we recorded, so I did not see it. But oh, I've seen it. Is this now uh, your most anticipated movie of the year? No, I no. I actually disliked this trailer more. I kind of like the first trailer. I think the cats look horrifying, but Jennifer Hudson singing mm. "Memory" from Cats yes. is, I mean, great. So, yes. I'm, and it looks so horrifying that I was going to check intrigued. it out anyways. Yes. yes, this one gave me more of the story, and I was it, it almost made me pull back from it. Hmm. I was like, I started to lose some of the intrigue, and I started to realize what the movie was, and I was like, I don't really know if I want to watch this. Whereas the first trailer was just so horrifying, but also so intriguing and so almost good in a way with the singing that mm-hmm. it was like, all right, I got to check this out. I'm still gonna watch it, but mm, I think I think I'm less hot on the movie than I was after the first trailer. Hmm. What about you, Mike? <laughs> I'm gonna stay far away from that, as far as I can be. I'm not. I think like, I like musicals, but this, I, I really don't. I don't care about cats. Hmm. Sean, do you like musicals? I love musicals. Oh. Wow. Yeah. What What are your guys' favorite movie musical or musical movie, whatever? Uh, I really like. I I don't think I could pick a favorite. I really like Moulin Rouge. Oh, I really like my favorite. <laughs> I really like Begin Again. Have you seen Begin Again? Yes. Yes. Oh, that that's is, a great movie. That's a great movie. I really like. I uh probably controversial. I really like the Phantom of the Opera movie. It's not that's, as good as like the stage I, show, but I love that movie. What's yeah, wrong I, with that? I think a lot of people don't like it because it's not the stage show. No, it's basically uh, the same. Thing. I I really like, you know, Gerard Butler's not. He's know, fine. He's fine. He's fine as a phantom, but uh, yeah, those. I think that's uh, A Star Is Born is probably the last, the last one. If I had to round out a list of some of my favorite, it would be hmm. those movies. What about you, Mike? Uh, Les Mis for sure. Mm-hmm. Same director I, as Cass. I got. I know. Yeah, I, I realize that. So it doesn't that really help. help. No, okay. no, it does not help. I, I know you did, did Les Mis, but Cats, my God, you dropped the ball on that. Mm. Uh, do a different musical, my man. Uh, but I definitely cried at Les Mis. It was very emotional for me to watch that. Um, uh, Sing Street is a underrated, underrated film. I haven't oh, seen Sing, it either. Yeah, oh, Sing Street it. is really good. And uh, oh, definitely a classic of uh, Grease. I'm a big Grease fan. So. Okay, yeah. Oh, I'm do not like Greece very much. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I just it's okay, so that and Lay Miz, I'm like, I don't like Lay Miz or Greece, but every time I listen to the music, I'm like, oh god, the music yeah. is so good. So I don't know. So <laughs> I'm I'm a hypocrite. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure I've ever seen Greece all the way through. <sighs> I mean I've listened to all the music. I mean I mean I, I like I, the I music. But the music's but, there. I mean, I think here's the thing. I think with cats, I think the music is going to be fine. People are going to listen to the soundtrack. They're going to listen to the score. They're going to go crazy for the music. But the movie, no, the movie looks terrible. But still, I don't, I don't, know. Yeah, I don't know a lot of people that like the actual cats musical. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I, actually, like, this is one that people are like cats. Like what? Like how? Yeah, are you yeah I don't know. It's what's a cat i don't know <laughs> but like they, they just filmed like in the heights and that's going to be a movie musical and there's yeah like, uh west side story so like those are ones spielberg. that spielberg 
want yes, yeah Spielberg. i'm intrigued by that that's interesting who's playing oh sorry keep talking i'm gonna look um, up that movie real quick ansel elgore is the main ansel elgore girl. yeah and yep. then they cast like a brand new girl uh from Rachel new jersey Zegler. okay 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 yeah. okay yeah so uh, anyway um i'm gonna go see cats and i'm dragging my husband to see it with me and he's not happy about it um, <laughs> what because, a good like, wife you are yeah i'm great well we were gonna go see mary poppins last year because mary poppins is one of the um, movie i haven't watched the new one i watched like 10 minutes of it and i was like i can't i can't do this like <laughs> I just, good. so he got out of seeing that so i was like we have to see cats this year <laughs> like we have to go see it um uh-huh. But yeah, it's that's gonna be interesting. Um moving on, the next two topics, I'm just gonna be upfront. We're gonna hit them very quickly because <laughs> I think Sean's gonna kill me. <laughs> no, no. I, look, I just I feel like I've said everything I have to say about this, and I feel like I just don't want to keep repeating. Yeah. Um, so like in the new like it keeps coming in the news and it was really the biggest stuff this week on the show, so I was like, might as well try and talk about it. Um Snyder Cut, Snyder Cut, Schneider, Snyder, Snyder, Snyder. Oh my god. Um the Snyder Cut is gonna get released. Yeah. Um, do we all agree with that? It's gonna get yeah. released at some point. It's coming out. Yeah. I think HBO Max. Yeah. I think I've heard okay. that too. All right, so. moving on. Um, <laughs> cool, whatever. Who cares? Like, if if it's an actual movie, like if there's actually a cut of it, like fine, release it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like I said, I don't think that it existed, but I think that they brought him back in and finished it when people started mm. to clamor for it. So, hmm. Interesting. Um. Yeah. All right, moving on. Um, and then, well, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, were you gonna hit on the Henry Cavill part? Yes. Okay, okay, sorry. Um, Henry Cavill said that he's not done a Superman. He still has the cape in his closet. Do you, we think he literally still has that, or is that just a metaphor? No, I think he still has it, if it ever oh, existed. Okay. It might be CG. Okay. But uh, <laughs> I am going to tell you when we're going to find out if Henry Cavill is Superman or not. We're going to find out in December when The Witcher comes out on Netflix. Mm, if The Witcher what? kills on Netflix... He's done as Superman. Who he's going to be playing Geralt for the next ten years? Well, they already uh, greenlit this second season. Yes, they said they had plans right. for six. So Oof. Netflix, Netflix, oh, definitely two seasons is almost always a guarantee with Netflix. Yes. Once you get past that, three seasons is likely. Four, five, six—that's less likely. Very unlikely. If they usually cancel after three seasons. Yes. If Witcher kills, I, I think that's gonna. That's going to be when he stops talking about Superman. Because he campaigned to be uh, the main character. Gerald. Yeah. 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 I didn't want to mess up the name. (laughs) No, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, Gerald. Uh, Yeah. And to be honest, um, him playing Gerald is probably the better move for him than coming Mm -hmm. back to the DC universe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At this point, yes. I love him as Superman. I don't like either of the movies he's in. Uh. I don't like All that version of, of Superman. Well, yeah, I meant the standalones. I, I think Justice League oh, okay. is fine, but I don't like Man of Steel or Batman vs. Superman. I don't like that version of Superman, but I think he's fine because I, I like him in Justice League. Like the happy Boy Scout version of Superman that I like, he can play it because I saw it in Justice League, but <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's what they're going to let him do if he comes back. So, 
What about you, Mike? Do you like him as Superman? Do you want him to come back? It's a moot point where it's just, especially where they're going with the movies now, there's, there's no yeah. point in bringing him back. There's no point. Uh, the Witcher is just going to be gangbusters for him, and he's going to have a look towards the oh. future in his career for that. I'm predicting it's gangbusters because I, yeah. I'm excited for the show. So uh, I, I, I'm hopeful. I hope I'm so. Hopeful. Yeah. I'm excited. So, but no, Superman, he keeps saying that. He's like, ah, I'm not done with that. It's like, but there's no proof. There's no action yeah. towards it. I mean, Man of like Steel that? 2 or even yeah. like another appearance, something else. There's nothing there. So, yeah, I, I think he's just hopeful. I mean, uh, Superman showed up at the end of Shazam. We didn't see his face, but, you know, it's been. Oh, yeah. It's been like six months, so I feel like I can say that. Uh, I guess if I can't, Josh can always <laughs> bleep me out just then. But I, it's fine. <laughs> I I think that he genuinely believes that there's a chance that he'll be back. But I think if Witcher takes off, there's no like if Witcher takes off, he might because I think he does love the character. And if Witcher yeah. takes off and he's playing Geralt for the next ten years, I could see him still trying to work in Superman because he loves the character. I yeah. just think that it's probably the best decision for him to play Gerald. Yeah. He doesn't and need to leave Superman this behind anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's a big star yeah. now. Yeah. Um, he's branched out. He's done more. I really liked him in Mission Impossible. I haven't oh, seen yeah. it. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I've been working Watch. my way through them. I just it's watched so- three. Okay, 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 good, 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 good. Keep three, going. I liked three, yeah. yeah the first going. two are not that good. Keep going. They get better. Yeah, I, it took me, I watched the first one, I watched the second one right after, and then That's I took slow. like a three, I took a three-month break. And I watched three the other night, and I've seen four already. I saw it when it came out, but I'm going to watch okay. that again. Yeah, but, watch uh, it again. And Three was great. Carrie Russell was cool in it. Oh, three is, I love Yeah, three is like the best. I liked three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. We're all in agreement. Three is okay. Fantastic. Good. Um, good. You're on the right track. Go. Go for it. Go for the right track. Getting better, which is insane. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how that keeps happening. But um. Anyway, anything else about Henry Cavill Superman? No, not really. No. No. no? All right. Um. In the same vein as DC, uh, <laughs> there's been all kinds of news. Um. Is it true or is it not true? No one really knows about Joker two. And other Joker-ish movies, Joker-type movies with other DC characters. Um, first, do we want... I feel like we talked about this before. Do we want to see a sequel of Joker with Joaquin, Insane Teen, all that stuff? Mike? Sean's not allowed to talk about this topic. Yeah. <laughs> I had yeah, a stern talking to you by Josh. <laughs> <laughs> he's that loud. Um, the success is there, but... How are they going to move forward with a with a sequel? What are they going to do with the character? That's my question. It could be possible to make a sequel, but I know Todd Phillips was like, no against a sequel until this popped up. I was like, so I don't know where they're going with that. I could see other villains having their own movie like this, but not a sequel. Hmm. Sean? <laughs> well, I was going to say on the note, uh, well, first of all, I think that a sequel is going to happen. It's too much money not to. Uh, I don't really want a sequel, but if they go in an extreme weird direction with it and do something completely original, I'd love that. Mm-hmm. On the topic of other hero or other characters being done, uh, I really don't want Todd Phillips doing other characters uh, in the DC universe. Like, let's what? let other people no, do that. No, I think, that. yeah. 
I, because really the agree. report was that he was trying other to, people do another style yeah, the report film was like that that. he was trying to get some other projects started that he would be working on and i would rather i'd like to see more movies like joker but i'd rather them be done by other filmmakers give mm-hmm. other people a chance mm-hmm. hmm. um i don't know i i really love joker i thought it was really good and I wonder how much of that is because I didn't think there was going to be another Joker movie, <laughs> like a sequel. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't I don't think it left it open to be another movie. Um, I don't really need another movie. I know why they're why they would do it. And it probably will happen unless mm-hmm. Joaquin is like, no, but I can't see him saying no because he seemed to have such a good time. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um. Do we need it? Not really. Is it going to happen? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Do I want to see other Joker movie, Joker type movies with other DC characters? Um, no. <laughs> really? What? But like, what if I it's like a, a Two Face? So I'd love to see a Two for Two Face legal drama. I think yeah, that'd be cool. I, I want to see other standalone movies yeah. but i don't want them to be like gritty weird unless they have to yeah. be like yeah. i don't want like a weird gritty well, is it real is it not real right <laughs> yeah just like a i feel like that's what they would do like that's what the studio is going to depends do, on like. which way they take it that's the yeah. thing about it but we're just saying like a film that would focus on another character like joker but not so gritty like joker because joker is, yeah. is kind of a gritty character i mean there's other characters like Mr. Freeze, for example, he's not a gritty character whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So, what characters do you totally guys focus want to have on the story like that? Well, well, after I just said it, actually, I I'd love a two face legal drama okay. where he plays with Harvey Dent, and then you know gets his face all messed up and goes on a you know goes to get justice or whatever mm-hmm. in his own way. But uh, I think two face would be cool. Lex Luthor, I think, is the obvious choice. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'd like a cool, cool like Catwoman movie, but they're using her. So, do you think we'll get a Catwoman movie since we already have one? No. Well, maybe in the DCEU, not mm-hmm. like this, because they're using her. They're using her in the Batman. So, right. do you think it would be Zoe Kravitz if they were to do like a? spin-off or whatever in the dceu universe like yes. in the in the batman year yeah they're gonna if they're gonna if they're do like, a catwoman movie it'll be that it'll be that character it'll be with her yeah yep. i don't because i don't think we're gonna see the joker in that movie or maybe in the last of the matt reeves trilogy he'll give us joker but i i think that's part of the reason why this movie do we want to see him in with robert pattinson yeah i would like to see that i'd like to see the the joker because I've made it very public, I don't feel like that was the Joker in that movie. Like, it was a cool interpretation on the Joker, fine, but I'd like to see the Joker, and yeah, I'd like to see him, like, in the third one, I want you to build to it. You got a whole rest of, huge rogues gallery to build off of in Batman. So many side characters you can set up with the Robins and all them, so, I mean, I'd like to see that first, but in, like, the final movie in a trilogy, I'd like to see Joker. Mm -hmm. Do you want him to be Joaquin, or do you want it to be like a completely no. different character so, uh, that was inspired well, or whatever? How people like are. I don't want Joker 
I don't want Joker to be in the same universe as okay. Batman. You so, want to see I mean, a Joker, but did not the Joker. It's not that same character. I, yeah. I'd be open to Joaquin playing him. I'd be fine with that. I don't think Joaquin would want to. Uh, yeah. And I think that might get too confusing for people. So mm-hmm. I, new actor, bring somebody else in. <laughs> it's such new an actor, interesting new role. Background, new Yeah. Well, yeah, similar. I just, I, I, different, different take. I think okay. less humanized. More of the Joker from the comics, just a psychopath. Kind of like Heath Ledger's, or is his? Yeah, not- yeah, like yeah. Heath Ledger's is pretty, pretty accurate. I think uh, Heath Ledger's, you know, something like that. Something that's more, that's less of a human being and more of just like a force of evil. Mm. Yeah, we'll probably see Joker, a, a a Joker character, not necessarily the Joaquin one, but we'll probably see Joker yeah. again by the time Matt Reeves. Because if he's starting with so many villains, like yeah. it seems like he's very interested in the villains. Like I'm sure we'll see the Joker at probably the end, yeah, of the move, the trilogy, or however many. I think we'll get uh, teases of it. Yeah, but very interesting. I- I'm hoping not until the end, but we'll see what DC does. Because as you know, uh, the only thing we can guarantee about this whole situation is that the studio will take the exact wrong lesson from the box yes. office. Yes. Uh, that's how it always works. So we'll see. Yes, yes. Um, anything else about Joker? Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Um, we'll just, we'll wrap up with Star Trek real fast and then we'll take a break and introduce our guest, right? Sound good? Yeah, that sounds good to me. Okay, uh, so. Yeah, that's fine. Yep, perfect. All right. Star Trek Four movie. Um, it was has it always been greenlit? Like it's always been. Okay, They've been but... trying. They've been trying to greenlit the fourth one. Yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. but it's no, not I... greenlit. Still, is it? I don't know. I've... I don't I mean, think so. I think they're just. Wor- I think he's just developing. Uh, developing. Yeah, yeah, I think there's he, the director on hand he went is in gonna and pitched. Okay, so Noah Hawley went and in. Direct. Pitch an idea is going to write and direct, but it hasn't officially been greenlit yet. That's from our our understanding of it. Yes. Okay. Uh, are we? What do we think? <laughs> uh, I sure. I haven't watched Legion. That'd be cool. I never thought that the Quentin Tarantino thing was going to happen in the first place. Oh, it it's still it's no, it's not going to happen, Mike. It's still. I think, you think so. He's going to do his last movie. Yeah. He's going to be Star Trek. Well, no. they could, I think so. I totally think so. Don't you? No, I'm <laughs> it's, sorry. It's going to be a spinoff. It's going to be totally there. It's nope. going to be there. The talks are still going on with it. Damn it! I want to see. The talks are still going on, and somebody is going to offer nope. him more money to do a different movie. No, nope. I think it's going to happen. I'm hopeful it's going to happen. I'm excited for the fourth movie I'd be here. I see it. I'm I'm excited for everything Star Trek. Just give me the goddamn movies now. <laughs> yeah, I liked the first Start- two of the Abrams. What if we have that one and this one, or do you think it will just be Quentin Tarantino or this one? I think I think well, I think Quentin Tarantino is not going to make that movie. But also, <laughs> I think there's a chance they both happen. CBS and who who owns CBS? Is Star Trek Paramount? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Whoever owns Star Trek, yeah. whoever owns CBS, is yeah. going 
full out on the Star Trek content right now. You've got the Picard show coming. Discovery is going into right. what, season four or something. They're they're trying so hard yeah. to bring yeah, Star sure. Trek back and make it relevant. So I think Star Trek four is most definitely happening. Maybe the Quentin Tarantino movie happens. I'd be interested to see the Quentin Tarantino take on Star Trek. Uh, he, I think he would fit there. I think he would fit there a lot better than he would fit in like Star Wars, which I think was something that was brought up on the show this yeah. week. Was they said, "What if he did Star Wars?" I would not want to see Quentin Tarantino in Star Wars. I just don't think that fits. But Star Trek, sure, put him in there. I I, I don't think yeah. he wants to. I, I think this is negotiations that he's going to use to leverage somebody else to give him more money for something else. Because I playing in a universe like that doesn't seem to be his thing. Uh, with how much he likes to mess with, like, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and in Glorious Bastards, they're all they mess with history, you know. And I don't think that he likes playing by any rule book. And I don't think that would fit in the franchise series. I don't think he's any. I don't think his last movie is going to be in any franchise. I, it just does not seem to be the kind of area he would play well in. Hmm. Oh, well. Yeah, I don't know. I am not the biggest star. I don't really know much about Star Trek. I watched the first two of the J.J. Abram new ones. Yep. I haven't seen Beyond. Neither have I. Um, so this, I'm kind of like, I really want to see Beyond because I know Simon Pegg wrote the script for it. And yes. I'm a huge it's, Simon it's, Pegg did he really? Fan. Yes. Yeah. He's a oh. huge Star Trek fan. When Star yes. Wars. Yeah. Oh. Nerd. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was very intrigued to watch it. Uh, but I just it's... never got around to it. I don't know why. Yeah, me too. Uh, so, but I really, I really do like Legion. I only watched a couple episodes, but it's totally Fargo. Very... Fargo's amazing. I haven't seen Fargo, but I'm Fargo is amazing. It. The way he does with Fargo, I'm excited because of that. So, yeah, the name is very intriguing to me. I'm very interested in this. I just haven't gotten around to watching the Star Trek and really getting into it, but I'm definitely intrigued and will. And um, if this goes forward, I'm excited. I'm not a big, huge enough fan to be upset if Quentin does or doesn't, or if this does or doesn't happen. But, you know, it'll be interesting. Um, Mike, any final thoughts? All I'll say is uh, let's hope <laughs> let's hope it happens. I'm My fingers are crossed either way. For both so. of them? For, for both. I'm okay. For both, for either. Because... Beyond is worth the watch, at least. Some people didn't like it, so but uh, Sam Pig put his heart into the script, and it mm-hmm. shows. So, uh, Are you a big yeah. Star Trek fan? Like, do you like Star Trek? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you like the new tr- movies? New re- yeah, the new, yeah, yeah. I've been watching the movies since they came out. J.J. Uh, Abrams did a great job with the first one. second one was okay, and like I said, the third one just, it's decent so that's why i'm excited for this new like movies popping up now it's like oh come on it's been so long it's been like three years since beyond just give me some more star trek movies Mm -hmm. yeah but star trek still has its shows that's based on television so tv's still thriving but the movies were just better than ever yeah movies are just were pretty cool just because they went with the original crew cast just to Mm -hmm. go with it and then just like I want to see more adventures with that and see how, how it goes. And four might Great be cast. different than four might be a bit different because they originally wanted to have Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth 
to yes. come back and have those two converge because it'd be like me and his dad and different timeline, blah, blah, blah. But that's not going to happen. So I'm kind of curious where four is going to go. If that's not the case. I, I would not count that out just yet. Uh, well, <laughs> men in black, men in black did oh, not yeah. do very well. Uh, I, I would not count Chris Hemsworth showing up in that movie out yet. Just yet. He does like he does smaller movies. I don't know if like count Ghostbusters or like things like that as smaller movies. But you know, I mean, any movie that's not like Avengers, like he does yeah. like other movies for fun. So, yeah. but yeah, looking forward to it. We're gonna go to break real fast. Uh, check out some of these shows on the Mercury Movie Blog uh, feed. We'll be right back with our guest Trisha Hirschberger. Hey there, Schmodown fans, this is Josh the Merc Rainer, and I am here to tell you about my show, Talkin' Schmodown. Whether it's Andrew Guy getting hit with a chair, John Roca screaming, Outlaw! Or the emotional retirement of the Shire Wolf, I talk about it all. So you can catch me right here on Anchor and all the other major podcasting platforms. So, as I ask every episode, are you ready to talk Schmodown? I am. Hi everyone, this is Sarah, host of Go Get That Rose podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to talking about all things Bachelor Nation. Join Jay Wade, a man in his 40s who is recently new to all things Bachelor Nation, and myself, someone who has been watching passionately for the past three years. As we review, share our thoughts on each episode of whatever show is currently on TV, whether that is Bachelor, Bachelorette, or Bachelor in Paradise. We might not even know everyone's names, but we have fun nonetheless. You can find us on Merkwood and Movie Blog Feed wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello everybody, Jay Wade and Kaylin here to tell you about SEN Afterlife. It's an after show podcast where we expand on the week of craziness on SEN Live as well as have guests on to join in the fun. Yep, and we get personal too. We do movie reviews and at times we go way off the rails, which I guarantee is always Kaylin's fault. Hey, how rude and not true. So come join us on the Mark with the Movie Blog feed and remember to rate, share, and subscribe. And as always, enjoy. Hey everybody, Sean and Wade here to tell you about our new review show following each episode of Disney Plus's The Mandalorian. Dude, yes, Boba Fett! Not exactly, Wade. Set in the Star Wars universe, The Mandalorian takes place five years after Return of the Jedi and follows a Mandalorian bounty hunter beyond the reaches of the New Republic. Yeah, Boba Fett. Did you even watch Return of the Jedi? Never mind. Join us here every week on the Merc with the Movie blog feed. <laughs> Thank God Galen will be here too. I don't think I can handle Wade on my own. Welcome back from break. Hope you guys listen to those shows. We are joined by online tech and gaming host, and she's also a Twitch partner, uh, Trisha Hirschberger. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, first of all, I'm just going to ask you a little bit about yourself. Uh, what are some of like your fandoms, some things that you're interested in? 
Oh man, so many. <laughs> So many things. Big question. Big question. Yeah, I feel like you guys probably get that a lot on this podcast with the people you bring on. When you say, what are you fan- your fandoms? You're like, oh, cool. Is this like a three-hour podcast? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I guess for me, uh, Lord of the Rings is a huge one. Uh, Game of Thrones. I'm, I'm a big fantasy fan and epic fantasy fan in general and that stems from the amount of dungeons and dragons that i've played throughout my life so i love tabletop gaming i love dungeons and dragons i love other tabletop rpgs like vampire the masquerade and pretty much anything in like the new world of darkness repertoire um i like really complicated board games of all types i uh love video games and i'm fortunate enough to work in the gaming industry. Uh, and then the gaming industry kind of at a young age led me t- into technology because my parents were the parents that wouldn't buy me a console. Uh, mm. So I had to learn how to make my computer run all the games that I wanted Ooh. to play. So I became a PC modder quite early out of necessity to feed my gaming habit. Um, and then I love comics too. Big Marvel and DC fan, big lock and key fan. Um, I cosplayed for a little while, but ever since I 3D printed a tiny human, that has kind of gone by the wayside. Um, That's a good way to put it. Right? That's exactly what my body did. Um, But because I did that, I don't want to leave like sharp and pointy things lying all over my uh, my place while I have while my tiny human runs around. So I don't really make cosplays anymore. I still cosplay sometimes, but I'll usually commission them. Um, but I miss making cosplays because that was really fun. And what, let's see, what other fandoms? I probably hit my major ones that Star Wars, sci fi, but I feel like everybody can say that now. So, <laughs> uh, Magic the Gathering is awesome. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I hit most of the biggies. You guys will go on to mention something else and I'll be like, oh, that too. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of True. my only, my only nerd blind spot is anime. Uh, okay. I don't really know anime at all, um, but yeah, pretty That's much everything else. Tech and gaming specifically. Tech, gaming, and fantasy. That's interesting that anime is your blind spot. I, I've never really been able to get into anime, but I feel it's exploded in such a huge way over the last however many years that it's almost rare to find somebody, uh, especially somebody like in the space that you, you operate in, that, that has that as a blind spot. That's interesting. Yeah, it's totally rare. I mean, I think it's just that, um, like when I was younger, I, I grew up that I didn't really have access to the internet regularly until high school. Like, I think my freshman year of high school, I remember like dial up modems. Um, so I mean, you had to do some real work to get anime in America yeah. at that point in time. It was not, it was not like you could just turn on your TV and see Dragon Ball Z. Um, right. so. I, I didn't hit it at that right time. And like a lot of my friends got super into Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon and stuff like that when that did come out a few years later. Um, but I just, I think I was too busy playing Diablo. I'll be honest. <laughs> too busy playing Diablo around that time. And, uh, and yeah, so it just, I didn't go down that rabbit hole hard, but pretty much all of my friends did. So, so you, uh, too busy playing Diablo into video games from a very young age then? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I started asking my parents to get me video games probably when I was like four or five. 
Okay. Um, and oh. I, I was the, uh, oldest kid in my house. Um, and my parents, I mean, this was the eighties when video games were marketed towards boys exclusively. Mm-hmm. And so my parents were like, that's not for you. <laughs> um, and I said, no, no, I really, this is what I want. Please. Can we, can I get this? <laughs> um, and so my dad got a hand me down, like someone at his work was getting rid of an old com 64. And my dad was like, this is video games, right? That'll do. (laughs) Like, she'll be cool with that. Now, at this time, the Nintendo Entertainment System was out. So what I was asking for was the NES. Um, And my dad comes home with this Com 64. Um, But kind of the cool thing about that is I get to say, like, I learned on a Com 64. Like, I, Mm. I go way back retro. And then I always have to preface it with, well, I'm not that old. Like, I got it hand-me-down way later. Uh, it's not like I was, like, you know, playing it in the 70s. Um, but anyway, so because of that, I got to play a lot of, like, the really early text-based adventure games and stuff like that. And then eventually I got an NES. And then I think when people were getting rid of their NESs to get a Super NES, that's when I finally got an NES. Um, and then after that, my parents were like, nope, you're addicted. No more. We're not getting any more of these. You're done. Um, and then I learned how to mod our home PC so that I could play Monkey Island and King's Quest and all and the original Doom and all the stuff that I wanted to play. So, so starting from a young age and playing, I I think everybody has that game that like blows your mind and like you're like, oh wait, games can be all of this. What was like? What was that game for you? Uh, the blow my mind game for me was probably Mist. Okay. Because that was I. So I didn't play Mist when it first came out. I played it a few years later, and it was my freshman year in college. Like I had kind of had a CD-ROM of it. Eh, take you back. I had had a CD-ROM of it, <laughs> like sitting around, and I was like, okay, I'm, I really want to play this game. And for me, when I got to college, I was like, wait, I only have two classes a day. This is so many hours for video games. <laughs> Um, so I went hard in the mist and ended up beating it in 48 hours and other people that I had just met in college because it was freshman year were like, Oh, that game's really hard. You're not going to beat it without a walkthrough. And so then of course it became a personal vendetta. Um, but I did, I beat it in 48 hours with no walkthrough. I probably skipped meals and didn't sleep. Um, but that was the first game I had played that like just drops you in not knowing anything and you completely have to figure out your surroundings in game and what you, who you are and what you're even supposed to do. And it was the first game I had really played that felt like it was for adults mm-hmm. because a lot of games at that time were really geared towards kids. Um, and so because of kind of the in-depth lore and I, I, people say it doesn't hold up, but I, for me, I have such like a nostalgia boner that it's, it's amazing for me. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I I love it. I think it's amazing. I think it did a lot for kind of that. It kind of set set us up for that genre moving forward in PC gaming. Do any of you guys have a game that's like your game that is the whoa everything's amazing game? Uh, it's probably Kotor Two. Oh, great pick. Yeah, I'm I'm very young. Uh, but I I would watch my dad play Kotor Two. And that was like, oh, wow, Star Wars is more than just, like, the Empire versus the Republic and blowing up space station stuff. And there was some death to it. So that was my, like, 
that was like, wow, this is a really compelling story in like a game. And that's kind of what I've been gravitated to. But you mentioned, you know, how Mist kind of drops you into it and it's like, there's nothing, it doesn't really tell you what to do. Have you played this year? I'm, I'm sure you have, but have you played, uh, Outer Wilds? Yes. What did you think of that? Um, I love it. I actually got a couple chances to go to some hands-on events earlier Ooh. before it released and uh, check it out at its various different stages of development. And um, this is a game I've been looking forward to for a long time. Obsidian always knocks it out of the park. They And they always have that like wonderful, their writing style is just so good. Like Their character dialogue is so witty and funny. And I love the way that they tell stories. So even though uh, traditionally shooters are not my first choice, of genre to play um, the RPG elements and the writing kept me in. Uh, and yeah, and that game has a pretty funny opening and introduction yeah. to that world as well. For sure. Mm-hmm. Are you playing it? Have you beaten it? I have not beaten it. I, okay. I was playing it a lot and then fallen order came out. And... Of course it did. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> but did you, cause this is an experience I had, I don't know. Uh, have you played KOTOR one and two? I assume you have. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess I had this experience playing Outer Outer Worlds where when I got to like the ship, the the hub area for the first mm-hmm. time and I looked around, it felt like Kotor in a weird way that I wasn't expecting. Oh. Because I wonder I was, if they were inspired by that. I don't know. I hadn't heard anything like that. I don't know. I I had I had expected the fallout feelings that I got while playing the game, like especially sure. on the planets, that definitely feels like Fallout. But when I got to the space station and I had like the two companions with me and there were all these aliens around or, or whatever. And all are, I guess not aliens, but I, all I could think of was this feels like KOTOR in a weird way. And the music <laughs> almost felt like Star Wars-y. It was, it was interesting. Dude, everyone's saying the Jedi Fallen Order is the best Star Wars game since Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. Uh, have you played it? What do you think? I am about two hours in. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, Jedi I power- Fallen Order. So far, it... It feels amazing. Um, so far it's really, really good and I'm liking it a lot, but I'm trying to take my time through it. Like I'm not mm. streaming it intentionally so that I can take my time and play it. Yes, mm. it is very good. I did the opposite and powered through it because I didn't <laughs> want to get anything spoiled. So I get I it. Through it on the easiest difficulty. It's fantastic. Uh, same day. Have you played any of the new Pokemon games? No, Pokemon is another one of those, like, I just missed it. Oh. Yeah, isn't that weird? Look, everyone's like, what? (laughs) Um, At some point, I'm going to have to, like, do a really funny, like, Trisha gets into Pokemon series of streams. Yes. Um, And I I mean, I tried Pokemon Go. It was fine. Yeah. Um, well, you know, like I wasn't, I wasn't super stoked, but I also, I think my first introduction to Pokemon way back in the day was the trading card game. Right. And I was yes. like, oh, this is like magic for babies. <laughs> <laughs> and oh so because that was my initial knee jerk uh-huh. reaction, oh. I was like, no, Pokemon's for babies. And so I never got into it. I mean, it is certainly a less complex trading card game, but most, like, <laughs> Magic is also the most complex trading card yeah, game. So right. it's really kind of unfair to compare every other trading card game to Magic, <laughs> uh, which I now know as an adult. But, like, in high school, you know, you make rash judgments. <laughs> mm. And I also never had a Game Boy. 
So I never oh, was okay. exposed to Pokemon uh, on Game Boy. Because like I said, my parents got me the NES and then we're like, you're done. <laughs> so I never, yeah, I, my only real exposure to Pokemon was the trading card game and I wasn't into it. And then, yeah, then I just kind of missed that boat. Um, but someday, someday I'll get back in there. There's just so many other good games. There are. There's, there's so and- many other good games and there's so much good TV right now. And like, it is, it is a golden time to be a nerd. Thank God. Like if someone that got picked on so much, she had to transfer schools. That's me, by the way, you can't see me pointing at myself. Um, but <laughs> as someone that got picked on so much as a kid, she had to transfer schools. Like it is insane now that popular culture is comics yeah. and D and D and video games. Like, I got made fun of incessantly for talking about that stuff in school. Um, but yeah, so because it's such a good time to be a nerd, there are not enough hours in the day to consume all the content that's out there. That's true. There's really not. I'm still an episode behind on Watchmen. Uh, <laughs> oh, Watchmen's so good. It's very good. You mentioned, you know, golden age for nerddom. Uh, so many good games coming out. Do you have a game of the year so far? Have you thought about that at all? I do. I do have a game of the year and it's probably, the sleeper hit. Um, but I, I'm a big advocate for Remedy Games' Control. Okay. Not okay. a ton of people have played it. It's, uh, yeah. it's very, very, very highly praised within the gaming industry. Yes. Um, but I think as far as like mass appeal, I don't think a lot of gamers that aren't in the industry, it's even on their radar. Um, but it's something that, again, I had kind of seen at E3 a couple years back and it's very early stages and really followed it ever since. It grabbed my attention right away two years ago at E3. And I was like, oh man, this is a game to watch. And then as I saw more and more come out about it, I loved everything I was seeing, which is kind of rare. Sometimes you get really hyped about a game in the beginning, then you see stuff from it and you're like, eh, maybe. Um, but this was a game that every step of the way, I was like, nope, this looks great. This looks awesome. This looks great. Um, and then when it finally came out, I started streaming it right away and I, I just completed my playthrough of it like a week ago. Um, but there's one specific part in the game that is in the top three video game sections I think I've ever played in my life. Oh, wow. Like there's one specific section of the game that you're like, this is just art. I'm I'm playing pure art right now. So I got to hand it to Remedy. They did an amazing job with this game. And especially if you're someone out there who likes the Alan Wake games, Mm -hmm. this is going to be so up your alley. Um, Or if you like like kind of X-Files-esque conspiracy theories and UFO and paranormal and kind of like if you like all that kind of like if you go down that those internet rabbit holes to find like when people write that they had a they had an event or they had a sighting yeah. or, or, you know, an experience. This game actually draws real people's experiences and brings it into the lore of the game. Like, it's just, it's super well done and super creepy. And uh, the gameplay is part shooter. They call it an action RPG but or action adventure. But it's it's a shooter, but you also have telekinetic abilities. So you can kind of adjust to your play style. And of course, there's a skill tree. So you can just max out what you like to do. But for me, like being able to unload a full clip on a dude because I miss most of the time. So I need to do that. Uh, and then follow it up by like slamming a refrigerator into his face just feels <laughs> really good. 
Um, and yeah, I just, the, especially in the late game, you kind of feel like a superhero. It's just a really well done game. And as someone who is a total tech geek, um, it's probably the best demo for ray tracing technology that I have oh, seen good. in any game yet. So if you guys aren't familiar, it's the new NVIDIA 20 series cards mm-hmm. are called RTX for ray tracing. And it's basically the way that it real time renders lighting effects. So going down the nerd rabbit hole right now, sorry. But uh, this game does it so well. It's like I've seen people tweet out that, like, I think control looks better than real life. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah. it, it looks good. The story's great. The gameplay feels good. Um, yeah, that that is my game of the year for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, yes, ray tracing does look uh, fantastic. I have no idea when I'll upgrade to something like that. But oh, most uh, of us will not for quite yeah, some time. <laughs> yeah. uh, and those games honestly won't make use of it for quite some time. There's only a few that really do. Yeah, I I missed out on control. I was very deep into Fire Emblem at that moment. I don't know. Did you mm-hmm. play the new Fire Emblem at all? No, I I didn't. But I heard people say that could be their game of the year. Yeah, it's up there for me. Mine is Kingdom Hearts three because I'm a massive Kingdom Hearts fan. Okay, but, so Kingdom Hearts three. Let's talk about that for a half oh, sec. Okay, Kingdom Hearts three was like great for the first three worlds. Okay. Like, yeah. I was so stoked for Kingdom Hearts three. I have a keyblade like four feet away from <gasps> me right now, like a big metal replica keyblade, life okay. size replica keyblade. Um, so do I. Yes. Good form. Uh, so yeah, like huge fan. I just, I don't know. I feel like the game after that got real weird. Yeah. Yeah. It did get real weird. Uh, I kind of love that. I love it <laughs> when Kingdom Hearts gets real weird. That's like, uh, my favorite part of, of the game, to be honest, is when it gets really weird. When it uh, gets like, like the plot at that point is so convoluted that you're like, yeah. no one even knows what's happening yeah. anymore. You're in uh, for the ride, man. You just like, uh, I just, I just love that you can murder ball with Disney attractions. There you go. That's all you. Yeah. Need. Yeah. You're like, I'm just murdering with teacups. Exactly. You've got a pirate ship that just goes back and forth and kills everything in sight. It's perfect. Sure do. The Carousel of Doom. Carousel of Doom as well, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, bring it back a little bit, because I do want to talk about this. You mentioned Dungeons & Dragons a lot, and you are hosting the Dungeon Rundown? I am oh. hosting the Dungeon Rundown, yeah. And um, that's on, on it's Caffeine. It's on Caffeine. Caffeine.tv is a free streaming platform, and kind of their thing that sets them apart is that they have zero latency, so chat is all real-time. Oh, there is no delay, which is very cool. Um, So if you can like if you have a stream or a show that can really make use of that, that's a very cool platform to be on. Um, It's still I think it's still technically in beta or maybe it just officially launched into its final form. Caffeine, the app. I don't remember. But uh, Dungeon Rundown is the after show for their D&D show, The Dungeon Run, which is um, DM'd by Jeff Kanata, if you guys know him. I know him because yes. he's done tech tech and gaming stuff for eons on the internet. So I know him through those circles. So it was funny when our paths kind of crossed on this because I didn't know that he played D&D and he didn't know that I played D&D. Um, now, on that show, I don't play. I get to interview everybody <laughs> yeah. about the prior right. week's episode. And, you know, it's, it's fun because sometimes we get to get into the nitty gritty of the game mechanics and why a certain spell couldn't have been used here or could have been used here. And, you know, where people really role playing their class or their alignment mm-hmm. or religion, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's a lot of fun. It's really fun to just chat D&D once a week. 
Yeah, that must be. I I I've just recently started to get into D and D. I've been Yay! enjoying the hell out of that. Uh, Congrats. I yes, it's it's very much fun. It's you know it it takes a good group. Uh, took it a, does. You have to find the right people. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a process a little bit. Yeah. So, are are you playing fifth edition? I'm playing fifth edition. Yes. Okay, great. I mean, I feel like fifth edition is very newbie friendly. It's yeah. not too overly complicated. Um, yet you have the option to make it more complex if you are a more seasoned player or just a player who likes having all those complexities in your game. Mm-hmm. And I really like that about it. I learned on second edition AD&D, which was like super complex. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I love it. So for me, I'm like, what do you mean we don't have 10 mathematical equations <laughs> to do to find out if this hits? Uh, Pretty much. But I, I'm in the minority <laughs> on that for sure. You're def- the person that got me into D&D, I think maybe three Three E or is that is that something? Three, uh, three point five. Three point five. That's what I was going for. I think that's what he said he liked. Is yeah, I think I think whatever people learn on. No, the controversial one is fourth. Friends don't let friends play fourth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, fifth fifth is a good mashup. That's a good one to learn on. If you're getting yeah. started now, you should. I think you should definitely be playing fifth. Yeah, it's been a ton of fun. It's not it's not too difficult to learn and uh our our dungeon master is obsessed. So it very much helps because he like he reads the hand the the uh the player's guidebook and all that for for fun. So yeah, that's how it should so, be. Yeah. Yeah. So he knows everything and he he helps us along. It's it's a lot of fun. So what is like I, I know you're hosting the show. Would you ever or the after show, sorry. You're hosting the after show. Would you ever want to be involved in like something like the dungeon run, like playing in playing live? Yeah. So I've actually done a lot of live tabletop RPGs with Geek and Sundry over the years. Oh, okay. Um, right. So yes. I yes. was on I was on a show called Foreververse that now I think is on Pluto TV because I randomly get people that are like, Hey, I just saw you on my TV. And <laughs> that show is legitimately from three years ago. Um, so I'm like, you what? Um, but yeah, Foreververse <laughs> went on for a long time. That show went on for years and that was cool because we hopped systems. So it oh. was kind of like quantum leap where our characters, our main characters would stay our main characters, but then they would hop into werewolf or hop into vampire or hop into, uh, you know, like any other world that they could create. We did some real weird ones like we did seventh c and puppet land and like oh, damn some real dank tabletop rpgs um but that show was great and i did that for eons and then um i also did i've done some stuff with hyper rpg okay i did their banner saga rpg mini series and that was really cool and that was based on the banner saga video games but there was a tabletop rpg created uh, about the world of the video games so we played that um, and yeah, anytime I get a chance to do one-offs or like celebrity D and D stuff, I'll do that as well. Because anytime I can talk someone into like letting me play D and D and call it work, <laughs> down. Oh, and I'm a recurring character on the vampire series LA by Night. Okay. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I want to go back real quick because, uh, and I'll ask you one this one less thing, and I'll still hogging hogging all the questions. Uh. You said you hopped systems while playing? Mm-hmm. That sounds insanely difficult. 
Oh, well, it was like we do like two or three adventures in one system. And then when our characters had achieved the objective there, we would like get in a portal and hop to another system. So it wouldn't be like mid episode. It would be like the cliffhanger at the end that we hop in. And then our GM would say, okay, for next week, we're doing this one and distribute everyone the player handbooks. And you had a week to like read it and make your kind of new character, but in this world. Um, so we, sometimes we had a lot of funny moments where like my alpha character, my main character was a female, like an early twenties female hacker. And then like when I jumped into the werewolf system, she was a, uh, an older grizzly war vet guy. So like uh, when she hopped in, she was so, like, this is what it's like to have a wiener, you know, like so it all those kind of moments okay. come out of it. It was pretty funny, but it, so it was still. The and the main character just with a different skill set, pretty much in whatever okay. world we jumped into. Definitely Did you guys out. carry over any sort of character progression in between, or would that have made things too complicated? No, we totally did. Wow, because yeah, totally that's the part that I feel would be the most complicated part. Not having to like remake the character in the new system, but then having to continue the progression part of it. Oh yeah, well your alpha character sheet stayed the same. Okay. So I'm like my my main character who I was stayed the same and progressed throughout the different adventures and then every system you had like a different in-world character. It was really cool. It was GM'd by Ivan Van Norman. Um and he's just a wildly wildly talented GM. All right. I want to go back in time. Uh so when did you move out to California? I got my degree in uh, classical theater and then moved out to L.A. pretty soon afterwards. I had one of those like, you know what, I'm just going to do this moments and um, printed out a map all the way from Pennsylvania to California. And I got on roommates.com to try to find a roommate. And instead of finding someone that needed a roommate in L.A., I found another girl who lived in Pennsylvania who also wanted to move to L.A. and needed a roommate. And so then we decided to follow each other across the country so that if one of our cars, because we both had super old cars, because, you know, you're like a teenager, so you have whatever you can get. Um so that if one of our super old cars broke down, we weren't like <laughs> stranded in the middle of nowhere by ourselves. Um, and I think we even brought walkie talkies to communicate with each other back and forth in the cars. Nice. Cause nice. we were like, what if we're in a place with no reception and then your cell phone doesn't work? And like, um, so I drove out here with her and she was my roommate for the first year. And, um, yeah, I mean, I just, I was a theater major, so I just, you know, I moved out here to audition, and I hit the ground running, and I auditioned everywhere I could. But when I moved out here, I didn't have any connections. The only person I knew was that girl who I had just met that I drove across the country. <laughs> okay. um, right. So, yeah, I had zero connections. I had uh, a talent manager that was back in New York City because I was on the East Coast prior to that. And she said she could help out here, but she, you know, only had limited reach out on this side. So, um, you know, I had a couple of years that I just kind of grind away and auditioned for everything and had some success, but not enough to live off that exclusively. You have to book a lot of jobs to live off acting exclusively. Right. Um, it's hard to do. Like I'd have years where I'd make like $10,000 as an actor, but in LA, you can't live off $10,000 a year. No. So you still need your table waiting job or whatever else you're doing. Um, so I did that for a while until I tripped and fell into YouTube where all the stuff that I had been into since I was a kid, like they were like, no, talk about that. 
And it was so funny because up until then, every audition I had been on, they didn't want to hear about that stuff at all. Like, that was weird. Please don't talk about that. They were like, can you tell me what you know about fashion? Like, what if we had you interviewing the Kardashians on the red carpet? And I was like, cool. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know anything about that world. I'm like, I can fake that I'm into that world if you want me to. And I know how to host. Um, but it was always like I'd do the read and they'd be happy and then they'd ask me like personal interview questions about the subject matter and I would have no idea what I'm doing. But uh, I tripped and fell into YouTube when I went to an audition and the questions they asked me after the read were not about fashion or makeup or the Kardashians. They started asking me what books I like and what TV shows I watch and if I play video games and which video games and uh, they asked me what I know about tech and like all this stuff that I left that audition. And I thought, I don't actually know what that job was for, but I think I nailed it. <laughs> and that job ended up being SourceFed, which was Philip DeFranco's news network. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I mean, I went to that audition and it was for online news host. So they had me prepare three world news stories. And then they asked me a ton of questions about video games. So I was understandably <laughs> very confused. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they called me right away and said, we want to have you in for a screen test tomorrow. And I came in and I did more news on my screen test. And then, uh, they brought me in as a fill-in host for a little while. And then eventually they dropped the bomb of like, cool. So the reason we have you here is we want to launch a nerd vertical of this channel within like six months. So we want to bring you on full time to develop and do content for that channel. I was like, okay, now it all makes way more sense. (laughs) Because up until then, like, they'd be like, oh, there's a big tech news story. You can report on that. But I wasn't really doing gaming news on that main channel. Like, it would be things like tech news that hits the mainstream. Like, the Tesla Cybertruck that just came out would have been a perfect example if that was back then. (laughs) Yeah. That's the kind of stuff I would cover for, like, SourceFed proper. But then once we launched SourceFed Nerd, then it was gaming news and comic news and movie news and... All that kind of stuff. Cosplay tutorials, you know, all that good yeah, stuff. all that jazz. Um, so that was really fun. And then once I kind of discovered that online, you can just be you. You don't have to try to play a role or fit into who you think they're trying to hire. Because as an actor, you go to every audition and you're thinking, what is the casting director looking for? I can be that. Whereas in the digital scene... You're not trying to be anything other than yourself. You just have to be the best you you can be. Mm. Like, be you and be you hard. That's that's how you internet. <laughs> yep. Um, and fortunately, that worked out for me. And so ever since then, I've kind of been like, oh, man, traditional media can screw <laughs> off. I'm not interested. <laughs> Digital's way better. Uh, yeah. And I wanted to talk about tra- traditional media because you've – I want to talk about the, the before YouTube bit because you acted in a few things. Before oh then. God! Yes, I did. So, <laughs> what have you found? <laughs> so I went through IMDb and I love this. Um, <laughs> the one thing that I want to mention: this is I'm not going to mention the other ones. The one I want to talk about: I want to see if you know anything about this, any stories. But there's a extra part you played in Daft Punk's Electrorama. Yes, as, I as sure the robot did. Bride. That was a cool job. So what? What? How did that? How did you get that part? Like that brief extra part and what was it like being on the set for that so that was like the first gig that i booked when i got to la and i think oh my god i love that you have the picture there that's so funny yeah, that is i just so wanted to that with that. yes <laughs> that is a hundred percent me yes um, sorry. 
Tell yeah. me everything. So I think <laughs> I applied to that job off Craigslist. Like, oh, okay. I want to say I want to say there was like a Craigslist posting for a music video. I don't know that they told us it was Daft Punk, but they were like, "You're gonna be in the desert for three. We're, we'll bus you out to the desert for three days, and you're gonna be in robot heads in the heat. Oh. Only apply if you're cool with that." And like. I had just gotten here and I was like, yes, I'll take anything. Put me in the thing. Um, and so, and I didn't have a job yet. So I was like, I can disappear on a bus to the desert for three days. Um, so I think it, I want to say it paid like not good. I think it paid very crappy. Um, but yeah. I was just stoked to do it. So I got Ooh, on a bus yeah. with like, 25 other people I'd never met before. And we got bussed out to like, I forget where it was somewhere like near Fresno. I want to say um, somewhere up North from LA. And then, I mean, we all got like roommates and I made friend with my roommate. We found an abandoned cat the one night after the shoot. And like, it was just such a random, silly, crazy LA story. And for that, it was for, the music video, not the movie. And then they used footage from the music video in the movie. Yes. That's what I want to clarify. Yes. That was the case. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I did the, it was the human after all music video, which is really weird. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I was that robot bride that you have circled in your picture. (laughs) I was also a robot in a business suit that I want to say was like blue or yellow. I forget. Really? I don't have to look for that now. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, I, I, everyone played multiple robots. Like, I want to say almost all the extras they had are who you're looking at in that image. Uh, Like, there were not many of us. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. So, it only says Robot Bride on IMDb. So. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) That's the other one I was like, oh, shit, that's exciting. (laughs) So, I love Death Punk. I was like, I love Daft Punk too, so I was super stoked as well. Um, but I mean, honestly, it was not a great gig. <laughs> well, I mean, of course, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be the case, but I just thought it'd be a good story for that. Um, all right, I, I want to hop back to YouTube now because currently there's some there's a lot of going on with YouTube right now with the Federal Trade Commission and the and COPA. Do you have any thoughts about what's going on with YouTube in that right Honestly, now? I have uh, begun my YouTube, begun my migration away from YouTube as a creator over the past probably two to three years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. I do not, I do not feel like YouTube is a very friendly pl- space for creators right now. And I think that they're going through a lot of stuff from the business end that is kind of influencing their decisions. And I am not a person to, you know, like blame YouTube as a platform or anything like that. I just, the way, the way that I felt about creating for YouTube back in 2012 when SourceFed launched and SourceFed Nerd launched is astronomically different from the way that I feel about creating for YouTube now. And I find that there are other platforms that are much more supportive now. And so I'm investing my time and energy away from it. So to be perfectly frank, I'm not even following the nightmare that YouTube's in because I feel like every other second there's a new adpocalypse or something going on. Um, And I just like, because I still have people who follow me on my YouTube channel that don't follow me on other platforms, I still want to maintain a relationship with those people. So to not just kind of abandon that, I vlog to my YouTube channel every other week. I do a live vlog to my YouTube channel every other week, Mm -hmm. but that's it. I don't put any other content there that's original content that I make. Hmm. Interesting. 
Yeah, I don't know if you guys feel the same way. And I, I talk to creators that are kind of newer YouTube creators, and they just understand that you, of course, you don't make any money from YouTube directly. You make your money on brand sales and Patreon right. and selling merch and all these other ways. Um, but when I started, it was like, no, you, you're trying to get the views and the engagement and work the SEO because AdSense actually, if you had a good number of views, AdSense could actually pay. And now I feel like AdSense really only makes a difference for channels that at least has have over a million subs, like at the bare minimum, and are constantly racking up millions of views. Hmm. And on your channel, you do uh, The Naked Truth. Yeah, The Naked Truth is the vlog series I've been doing forever. Um, And that it sounds very scandalous, but it's not at all. (laughs) Um, It's not a sexy show in any way, shape, or form. Um, The the naked part of it is that there's no pretense, because especially when I first started working in YouTube, it was like, yes, be you, but also we need to brand you so that people believe that you know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I kind of hated that. So um, like I was told, like, no one's going to believe you're a gamer if you wear pink. Stuff like that. And I was like, I wear what I want. Um, and now that sounds you know, now that sounds crazy to say something like that. But back then, there was some truth to that. Um, and so, you know, there was this very much like, well, you have to wear a graphic tee and you have to put a purple streak in your hair and you have to have piercings and you have to wear these fake glasses. And then people will believe you know what you're talking about for PC building and gaming. Wow. Right. And so yeah. I started The Naked Truth just as a way to be like, hey, guess what? This is me just as I was put on this earth with no makeup. My hair is not styled. I'm not wearing any specific clothing to make you feel a certain way about who I am or what my knowledge base is. This is just me. And these are my opinions, not edited, not jump cut, just like I, all the ums and likes and breaths and everything else in there because this is real life. And that's why I started that series five years ago, probably over five years ago. And it, it in the beginning, I also encouraged people to do vlog responses back. And there's like a whole naked army of people that do <laughs> vlog yeah. responses back. They are self-named naked army, by the way. Yeah, I've yeah. seen those. Um, I've seen those. That. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, but it's very much a like being comfortable with who you are thing, yeah. not a sexy thing. No, it's brilliant. Yeah, I so love I, that. I, it's so right. cool. I always need to give that disclaimer though, because like <laughs> there's a lot of people that will just like see the thumbnail and see that the word naked is in the title and think, yeah. Oh my God. Ooh la um, la. But, yeah. No, if I was trying to make an ooh la la show, it would be framed very differently. My hair would be done. I'd have makeup on and I'd be doing like scandalous topics, you know, like there's a way yeah. to produce that kind of show and right. I would be doing it all wrong. <laughs> oh my God. Um, you did mention earlier that you did some cosplaying. Yeah. Um, what was some of your favorite cosplays? Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> Tough so question. many. And I always forget them. But, I mean, to me, my favorite cosplays are the characters that I really, really just love so much. Um, Peggy Carter Ooh. is one of them that I absolutely love. And now I don't know that visually that cosplay is the most impressive I've ever done, but getting to be Peggy and walk around a con is awesome. Um, one of the ones that was the probably the hardest build that I did was actually for a brand deal on my YouTube channel. It was for the mobile game Clash of Kings. Okay, and okay. Uh, I to- I told them I would build a a cosplay of their like tutorial character. 
And uh, there was no way you could like <laughs> buy any parts of that. So I had to make it from scratch and the dress is cut out and like a little weird physically, like it works on an animated character, but to actually make it work in real life was a challenge. And that build took me easily over a hundred hours oh, wow. to build. Yeah, that one, that was a crazy build. <laughs> um, but I've also done Daenerys back in the early seasons of Game of Thrones. I've done Tifa Lockhart from Final Fantasy VII, which now I want to redo now that the remake's coming out and do it with kind of more of the remake aesthetic. Um, I've done Copperhead from Batman Arkham Origins, which oh. in that game, Copperhead's a girl as opposed oh. to the snakehead guy character that you're used to seeing in the comics. Um, and that was the first time I'd ever worked with leather for a build. So that was kind of crazy. Um, what are some other really fun ones that I've done? I did Gamora. And that was a hilarious one because that was right after I had my tiny human. <laughs> and I was still breastfeeding. And uh, so I picked that character because her vest in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 <laughs> has seams just underneath both boobs. So mm. I put zippers in so I could just like zip oh. and pull one out and feed my kid. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it was hilarious. But the yeah. build process was really funny because I was like, I am making a breastfeeding accessible Gamora, <laughs> which I don't know that anyone has done that before. Um, That's probably and then I really quickly learned that trying to take care of an infant when you're covered in head to toe green body paint is maybe the worst <laughs> idea ever. Like, don't do that. That was a horrible idea. Uh, do you have any dream like cosplays? Yeah, my dream cosplay that I will probably never do is Jessica Rabbit. And I say that I will probably never do it because I am too much of a crazy attention to detail person that the way that her dress is in the movie is backless all the way down to the crack and totally strapless. And anyone that I've seen cosplay at, I've seen some amazing cosplays, but they're either backless but have straps or strapless but the back isn't as low. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's because it's physically impossible. I I tried to design a thing because I've tried this cosplay before. I tried to design like a harness that Mm -hmm. sat low on my hips and like around my upper thighs that would then have boning that went to like hold up the chest part. And it it did not work the way that I tried it. Um, But, you know, I'm like, I could keep trying things. So that's my bucket list, like golden goose of a cosplay would be to actually do that and do it accurately. But I don't want to do it if I can't do it right. All right, we're going to uh we're going to move on to a rapid fire game that we like to do here. Uh Mike, you want to you want to start sure. us off? Sure, rapid fire is the short answer fast question game. Yes or no? I we will start off with three minutes on the clock, and we'll just answer your questions, and you answer as quickly as you can. And my uh, my answers are yes or no, or and, short answer, or short. Okay. Okay. Keep it as okay. short as possible. Yes. Cool. Um, and here we go. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Yes. Uh, chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Harry Potter or Star Wars? Star Wars, but I love Harry Potter too. <laughs> Who is the best Chris? Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pine, or Chris Pratt? I'm going Chris Evans. Do you believe in ghosts? Sure. Okay. Who would play you in a biopic about your life? Oh, lordy. Um, 
I don't, I don't know. I'm going to say Zoe Deschanel just because she's the first quirky person I can think of. <laughs> okay. Our favorite one out of the bunch, bacon or sex? <laughs> uh, why not both? Ooh, okay. Uh, beer, wine, or a cocktail? Wine. Cocktail close second. I'm not a beer drinker. What was the last movie you saw? Uh, the last movie I saw in theaters or at home? Uh, it doesn't matter. Just in general, the last movie I saw was Endgame. Yeah. I watched it again last night. <laughs> nice. Uh, licorice War, Twizzlers or Red Vines? Neither. Oh. <laughs> we all got so offended. It's okay. Um, <laughs> not for me. I'll give you all mine. Uh, amusement Parks or Water Parks? Amusement Parks. Continuing the trend of giving you difficult questions, the most overrated film? The most overrated film. Overrated. Oh, man. Uh... I half the movies that are nominated for Oscars every year. <laughs> That's the answer. What was the one uh, with Ben Affleck's brother, Casey Affleck? Manchester it was just so see? sad. Yes. There you go. I think that's the okay. one I'm thinking of. <laughs> okay. I, I uh, hated life for like days after that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Best film trilogy. I'd buy very biased Lord of the Rings. Uh, Pepsi or Coke? Coke. <laughs> Another difficult one. The most overrated game. <laughs> um, Half-Life 3. <laughs> I mean, everyone thinks it's going to be amazing. And if yeah. it's never here, I would call that overrated. There you go. And that's rapid fire. Huzzah! We survived. You survived. <laughs> You survived Rapid Fire. Thank you so much for coming on this show, Trisha. We had a great time. Thank you guys so much for having me. Where can the people find you, follow you? Um, people can find me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at that girl Trish with no I in the girl. So it's just that G-R-L Trish. Um, or you can find me on Twitch or YouTube slash Trisha Hirschberger. Great. And uh, that's just going to be a wrap up for our show. So, Mike, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Mixtape. I will say this right now. My friend Sean <laughs> Arranger's <laughs> podcast called Go Into the uh, called Into the Grid. You can follow that on Twitter at Go Into the Grid. And we're on anchor.fm slash Into the Grid if you want to listen in to our antics about Power Rangers. And Sean, where can people find you? On Twitter at Sean underscore AFK with Mike talking about Power Rangers and uh, Jay Wade, who does SEN Afterlife on the Merc with the, uh, Merc with the Movie blog feed. He and I do a Mandalorian recap show, and you can catch that on this feed every week whenever a new episode comes out. And you can find me on Twitter at SCBOX, so S-S-E-A-B-O-C-K. Uh, you can find the show on the American Movie blog feed on Anchor. Just go to Anchor. It's so much easier. We'll be back next Friday talking the rest of Wild Live. Have a great night, guys.